Amen. Thank you very much. Good to be with you again. And uh, wonderful to hear about Sports Chaplaincy. Thanks, Murray. Um, terrific organisation. I've had a little bit to do with SCA over the years, especially at um, AFL level. And uh, very, very encouraged with uh, with what's going on. And it's it's just wonderful. It's frontline stuff, sports chaplaincy, and um, and so glad to to hear about you know right here in Monty. Raf mentioned that um, there's so many sporting clubs around, and uh, it's a great way of uh, just walking alongside people who are really doing it tough uh, many many times. So um, good on you, and uh, that at a leader level. Good good stuff, Murray. Thanks. Uh, I want to talk to you, continue on from where I left off last week with um, with God in the neighbourhood, and this time looking at praying in the city. And uh, I want to use Psalm 122 as sort of a springboard for some themes for prayer in the city. Uh, last week we looked at the importance of being in the neighbourhood as Jesus moved into the neighbourhood. Uh, it's described in John 1 so that the neighbours could experience what God is like and, and uh, Eugene Peterson paraphrases that as he moved into the neighbourhood. Uh, we, we saw that the local church is God's gift to the neighbourhood and that we are to do whatever we can for the well-being of the locality that God has planted us into. Uh, oftentimes we make the mistake of thinking that the neighbourhood is there for us. We're actually there for the neighbourhood. God has gifted us as a community of faith uh, with resources, which includes human resources and building resources and so forth, to feed back into the neighbourhood around us. And that was the emphasis of uh, what we looked at last week. Uh, this week we're, uh, we're going to fulfil or look at fulfilling uh, the other instruction in Jeremiah 29. Uh, Jeremiah 29 is that uh, letter that Jeremiah writes to the exiles in Babylon and he instructs them uh, to become uh, entrenched in the city, embedded in the city and to do all that they can for the well-being of the city and to pray. Now to pray for the city. Uh, God says pray for the city that I have carried you into um, and uh, uh, that I have exiled you to if, if you like. You're going to be there for 70 years and so be praying and praying that God will do all that he can uh, for the well-being of that city. And so it's a good starting point for us to look at Psalm 122. It's one of the Psalms of Ascent uh, that the, <clears throat> the Jews used to, to sing uh, as they were marching, as the pilgrims uh, marching into the city of Jerusalem, they would sing the Psalms of Ascent, and this is one of them. And it's, a, it's, it's got some good themes in it. So if I could have the next slide, please. Or is this thing working as well? <laughs> Press the plus, do I? Yes. <laughs> um, so we're, we're instructed to be, uh, to be praying for the city. Jeremiah 29.7 is the verse I just quoted. Seek the welfare of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Uh, in, in Australia, we live in cities or, or, or in shires. Uh, here in the state of Victoria, there are 79 municipalities made up of what they call cities, 34 cities, 38 shires, 6 rural cities and 1 borough. Um, down past Geelong, I've forgotten. Sorrento, is it? Yeah, Sorrento. Queenscliff, Queenscliff is the borough. You pass, very good. You get the prize. Um, 
And, and, and all these localities, uh, we're going to call them cities just for, uh, for, for ease of mention today, but all these areas are the areas that we're considering in this, uh, this idea of being in the neighbourhood, in the city. And so when I refer to praying for the city, I'm not talking about Melbourne CBD, I'm talking about where you're at. I'm talking about Montmorency, I'm talking about the city of Banyul. And uh, we're instructed to, uh, to pray uh, for the city that God has put us into. He has gifted local churches to every one of these local areas in Victoria and across Australia. And he has instructed us uh, to take responsibility for their well-being. You know, that's pretty heavy stuff. He has instructed us as a community of faith, as God's people, to be responsible for the well-being of the city that he has planted us into. Um, uh, Jeremiah's letter, which is found in, uh, in chapter 29, includes at least the three directives that I mentioned before that are settled down and become a part of the city. They wanted to move out of there. They wanted to get back to Jerusalem. And they had false prophets telling them that, oh, don't unpack your bags. You know, you'll be back in no time. And God said, well, I don't know where you got that idea from because you're actually going to be there 70 years. And so he instructed Jeremiah to be the bearer of bad news and say, settle down, unpack your bags. In fact, don't only unpack your bags, settle into the neighbourhood to which I've carried you. Become a part of that neighbourhood. And that's there in, in chapter 29. And then the second instruction, as I said, is to do everything they can for the well-being of the city, for the shalom. Hebrew word, wonderful Hebrew word, which can be unwrapped in so many ways, but probably the best way of understanding it is the idea of well-being or the idea of welfare for the good, the common good of the city to which I've carried you, and to pray for that city. It's so important to be asking God to do his work in that city. That's what he says through Jeremiah in chapter 29. But the question is, well, what, what should we pray for? And Psalm 122 gives us a guide uh, to the godly prayerfulness for the city uh, that uh, we, we find ourselves in. It's, uh, it's this prayer for, uh, for Jerusalem uh, that comes out in Psalm 122 that I think could have been applied to Babylon uh, for the exiles and it's applied to us as uh, as people who are worshipping and living and working in the city of Banyul. Now, as I go through these things, there's there's a lot of uh, specific ideas for praying for your city that I've uh, jotted down under each of the each of the headings. If I talked about those, we'd we'd be here forever. So I've actually put them together into a, a just an A4 handout thing uh, called "Praying in the City." And so much of what I'm going to be saying today is contained in here, but it's a lot more detailed as well, with ideas on how you uh, can actually pray uh, for uh, for this city, for the city of Banyul. And so, can you come and get this? Um, what I've done is I've I've um, this three or four there if you want to um, uh, hand them around or, or get people to pass them on. And what, I, what I'm asking you to do, if you'd like to receive an email copy of this, and I'll put your name and your email address on that, 
And uh, there's also, and, and just tick that you'd like an emailed copy of this, and there's also another column called Food for Thought. I, I do a, a weekly devotion, usually on Tuesdays, that I send out to quite a few people. Uh, if you're interested in that Food for Thought, you can just put a tick on that and I'll add you to the mailing list. Uh, you could use the pencils in front of you. If they haven't been stolen, that would be good. <laughs> and, uh, and, you, and you can fill that out. So uh, it's just a bit more detail for you. But the um, the, the first uh, theme that comes up in Psalm 122 is being thankful for the city. Uh, I rejoiced with those who said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing in your gates, Jerusalem. I rejoiced with those who said to me, let's go to the city. <laughs> let's go to Jerusalem. The city is not all doom and gloom. Uh, we can find the excellent and be thankful we can rejoice in the city around us there's a book that's been written by a guy called Robert Linthicum called City of God City of Satan Uh, that's the title and and he points out in that book that every city has an excellence to it and at the same time it has an evil side to it Uh, the city of Banyul is the same it's no different it's a wonderful city It's wonderful in so many ways. It's beautiful. It's beautiful, the surrounds that you've got. And there's there's a beauty there that is is both God-given and and man-built as well. There's some beauty in this city. Um, But it's not beautiful for everybody. (laughs) It has a dark side to it, and many people in the city of Banyul feel estranged, uh, feel marginalised, feel lonely, Loneliness is at epidemic proportions in our country. And there are lonely people all around us as we sit in this building today. And so there's not only that marvellous side to the city of Banyul, but there is also a side that needs to be challenged and changed in the name of well-being, in the name of shalom, uh, God's well-being for the city. I think what we need to do in our prayerfulness is to learn to celebrate the good while challenging the evil. Uh, Far too often, I think, as Christians, uh, we tend to concentrate on the evil of the city and pray God's wrath and judgment on it without celebrating all of the goodness of the city that is to be acknowledged and encouraged. Um, Many years ago, when um, Deb and I were, were living in the CBD of Melbourne, um, there was a prayer meeting held on the top floor of the Rialto building, which at that particular time was the tallest building in Melbourne. And uh, it was held on a Saturday morning, and we'd get up there, church leaders would get up there and, uh, and, and do, do, the, do the circle of the building, praying out over the city. And one of the things I noticed about... Uh, we'd, we'd, go from one spot and somebody would lead us in prayer and go to another spot and another person would lead us in prayer and so forth. One thing that I noticed was it was all hell and damnation sort of stuff. God, bring down your wrath upon the evil of this city. And I'd be sitting there thinking, good grief, not on that building, that's where Debbie works, you know. (laughs) Leave that one alone. (laughs) And and we'd be going around and all this hellfire and brimstone and the wrath of God on the city and so forth. One one time, I was asked to lead a group in prayer, and so uh, I, oh, by the way, you know, every, every time we go into these things before I showed up, um, people would go, "Yes, Lord, yes, you know, get them, Lord, oh, go for it," and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, this time I was asked to lead one of the 
one of the groups and so I led and I thank God, you know, for the order of the city and for what he was doing in the city and for the many people he had in the city and, and that there's goodness in the city. There was total silence among the group. Nobody was going, oh, oh real beauty, you know, and I was never asked to lead a group again. But, <laughs> but, but, you know, sometimes we get caught into that, you know. We get caught into how much evil is out there and praying God's wrath against the evil. And sure, we've got to pray for, for evil stuff to be dealt with. And, and, you know, there's systemic evil out there and there's all sorts of things that got to be dealt with. But you see, this verse is saying, I rejoice when you said to me, let's go up to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing in your gates, Jerusalem. It's like, wow, look at this, you know. Looking out over the city of Banyul and saying, wow, I am so pleased and so blessed to be here in this city. Praise you, God, for what's going on here. That sort of idea, learning to celebrate the good is really important to us uh, while challenging that which is evil around us. Um, the, the second theme is the built environment. Now, if it wasn't in Scripture, you'd, I, I wouldn't dare touch this one. You know, you ever thought about praying for buildings? <laughs> praying about the built environment around us? But that's what it says here. The psalmist exclaims over Jerusalem, Our feet are standing within your gates, Jerusalem. Jerusalem built as a city should be solidly joined together there's a point of praise here as they're standing in the city one of the environments that makes up a city is the built environment the built environment involves urban planning and urban design and architecture and landscape architecture and roads and buildings and footpaths and open space and public space and private space and you know what all of that can help a city feel safe It can also give the feeling of darkness and of fear. It can create places for people or places that don't care about people. It can help people connect with each other or cause them to feel disconnected. It can be a place with a built environment that looks after the marginalised or that refuses to acknowledge them and it actually increases marginalisation across the city. I wish we had time to expand on that, obviously. It's one of my uh, pet peeves about cities and and how they can actually increase marginalisation for those people who are deeply in need. The built environment of any city is powerful and we're to pray about it. Uh, The psalmist specifically mentions here the gateway and, and, and the tight structure, the way it's built together. The gateway was an important part of the city structure as a symbol of welcome and a symbol of protection. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the gates of cities are, are quite often mentioned throughout the Psalms and, in fact, right across the Old Testament in particular. Uh, the gateway of the city was a centre for decision-making and for policy development. And so to exclaim, wow, I'm standing in the gateway, is, has got connotations of all, of all of that policy development and, and the decision making of the city the reference to solid structure that Jerusalem is built as it should be solidly joined together comes from a Hebrew word that contains the idea of unity that this, this gives unity that people can be unified city structures 
can divide people and they can help bring people together. And so as you look at your city today, you can praise God that structures, for, for, for structures uh, that enable safety in the area, that send out vibes of you're welcome here and that encourage discussion and formation. You can be thankful for the elements of the city that bring people together rather than divide people. Have you ever thought about that? Christians sometimes do prayer walks around areas. And oftentimes, and this is good, it's prayer walks praying for people, and that's very, very important, and I'll come to that in a little while. But have you ever thought about doing a prayer walk, going around, walking around your your city, around your area, and thanking God? For the, for the beauty of the area. Thanking God for the safety of the area. Thanking God for footpaths. <laughs> Thanking God for all the little aspects that go into making this city uh, something that is safe for people. Something that says welcome to people. Because these things are important to God. And on the other hand, we can ask God to help the city's planners and, and, and their designers and architects to be more mindful of creating places for people, for safety, for inclusiveness, because these things glorify God and they make a city truly great. The built environment is one of the environments of the city that God would have us to be praying about. The spiritual environment, Psalm 122 verse 4, that's where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to praise the name of the Lord according to the statute given uh, to Israel. Uh, One of the environments that goes to make up the city is the spiritual environment, but in our Australian cities, religion has lost a lot of ground. Uh, It's not seen as all that important. Churches are oftentimes regarded as uh, with with great suspicion, and uh, oftentimes we're seen as as, uh, freeloading and self-centred organisations. We don't pay rates, and, uh, and and we're all interested about you know what goes to make up us, <laughs> uh, rather than giving of ourselves to the area around us. When I was in the city of Melbourne, uh, that was a, a common theme that would come up uh, to me as a councillor there. This theme of uh, uh, the, the the freeloading nature of the churches and the demanding nature of the churches. Uh, as it was discussed around the table. These are the themes. And this was the profile of the church in the city of Melbourne so many times. And we've got to address that. And so uh, one of the ways is to pray about the spiritual environment. How, how, how do we pray about that? Well, you know, one of the things that um, we did when I was on council at the city of Melbourne was a, uh, a, a piece of research uh, called um, uh, Future Melbourne, and uh, it, it had um, uh, some really good research that went out online to uh, to thousands of people and got responses and said, what do you want Melbourne to be in the future? And in fact, a lot of the planning that's still going on in Melbourne is based upon that piece of research done 12 years ago now. And one of the things that came back uh, surprised the bureaucrats and the officers and the councillors and that was how important spirituality was to the city. You know, they mentioned things like safety. Safety always got the number one thing. 
Um, but uh, there was a spirituality that was listed there, and, and the, the officers, the directors, they didn't really know what to do with that. They had to report it because it was a part of the research, but they didn't really know what to do with it. But uh, I obviously was very interested in it, and, and when you dug deeper into some of the answers that were given as far as the spirituality of the city was concerned, it was the, the, around the idea that the city is so busy you know, there's a busyness about the city and, 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 uh, and everybody's rushing from here to there and it's noisy and it's a vibrant city and we love that. But we'd really like places of quietness as well. We'd really like places to be able to slow down and reflect and just be with friends and be by ourselves and you know, all that sort of stuff, you know. The retreat type of idea. And so out of that came some ideas that, uh, that, that some of the businesses took up, like in the basement of one of the ANZ buildings there in the city is a retreat centre now. And, and if, if uh, employees in the bank get hassled by anything, they're free to go down there and just to sit and to be quiet and so on. And those sort of things came out. Well, that's an aspect of spirituality. You know, as far as we're concerned, spirituality is all about connection with God and it's all to do with the Holy Spirit. But certainly one of the things that, that, uh, that, that comes out is this idea of re- retreat and rest and so forth. Well, you know, there's a lot there that we could be praying about because I, I reckon, you know, if it's happening in the city of Melbourne, it's happening around here. There's people uh, around us right now who are feeling overloaded, <laughs> who are feeling very, very busy with life, you know, and busy with family responsibilities and, and just busy, busy, busy. In fact, we've made, we, we've made a greeting out of it. How are you? Busy? You know, it's, it's, it's terrible <laughs> and it kills people and there's this busyness all around us and imagine praying that there'd be a sense, a sense of quietness just hanging over Banyul. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, sometimes when people who are really hassled go into a certain place, sometimes it's a church building, other times it's somebody's home. You might have heard this about your home. With nine of us living at my home, we don't hear it very often. <laughs> but, but the idea of a sense of, of quietness. Wow, there's something about this place. There's something about this place that's, that's different. Imagine, imagine a city that had that feel to it. Now, this is getting sort of freaky and weird and way out, isn't it? But, but, you know, maybe that's what God wants to do. Maybe God wants to create cities of refuge. And imagine your responsibility as a church in the city of Banyul to be praying that there would be that sense of security and safety and and it's okay to be at rest. I don't know. It's an idea. And there's some other ideas in this booklet if you if you want to get it later on. Um, another one is, uh, you see, it's, whoops, I'm pressing the wrong thing. Political environment. Um, there stand the thrones for judgment and the thrones and, and, and the thrones of the house of David. Well, in the current climate in Australia, people have generally lost faith in politics, in politicians, and even in democracy itself. This is not unique to Australia. Uh, we hear cries of despair from around the world. However, this is not a call to give up. It's a call to pray, to be praying about the political environment. 
Uh, the thrones of the house of David uh, refers to the political governance of Israel and the thrones for judgment could refer today to systems of law and justice, uh, law enforcement, the court system, the corrections department. And so how do we pray? Well, there's a lot of ideas in the booklet on specifically how to pray about those parts of the political system around us. On a national scale, it could include border control, immigration, um, the federal police. There's a lot to pray for there, a lot to pray for, for compassion in our country. Uh, At a local government level, the leadership and having the wisdom and compassion to lead uh, the city uh, in ways uh, that uh, benefit everybody and perhaps especially the marginalised. State government level, there's so many decisions that state government make that will affect uh, the city of Banyul that affects our individual cities. And there's some ideas on how to pray specifically for those things in the booklet. The next environment that's mentioned is uh, the economic environment. It says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you prosper. May there be peace within your walls and prosperity within your fortresses. I believe that one of the great sins of our time is the grossly unfair distribution of wealth. Uh, across not only Australia but across many nations. Uh, The gap between the very rich and the rest of us is increasing in major strides and I don't believe it's honouring to God. Uh, The the tax system uh, with its inequities and its loopholes that benefit the rich are sources of injustice in our nation uh, rather than systems that can help the spread of wealth in appropriate ways. The levels of remuneration uh, for CEOs and and for some of our sports stars and uh, and and for business tycoons are often immoral. And therefore, when we pray about the prosperity of the city, I believe we need to be mindful of the evils that are associated with greed and with accumulation. Uh, God is interested in the economic health of the city not to store up wealth or to spend it on ourselves, but to be wise stewards of our wealth so that people of the city can be liberated. In that book I mentioned before, City of God, City of Satan, Robert Linthicum comments on this by saying, a city can be a wise steward of its wealth, equitably distributing its resources, eliminating its poverty, and building for the common wealth of that city. Or its wealth can be used to build great monetary empires for a few of the most acquisitive, grasping individuals and organisations while exploiting the poor for every last farthing. It is precisely because money is so important to the building of a godly city that God commands us to pray for the way our city uses its, health, uses its wealth. It's a good point, isn't it? See, it's not a prosperity doctrine. It's not saying, God, give us more money. You know, and God's blessing upon us is wealth. It's not a prosperity doctrine. It's God, in all humility, may we be those who recognize the wealth that we have as a country, 
as a state, as the city of Banyul. May we understand the wealth that we have and use it wisely, that everybody will benefit. Forgive me for talking about my time in the city of Melbourne so much, but it it was a a very impactful time for me. And uh, People used to ask me, why did you love it so much? And I'd say, because of the money and the power. (laughs) And they'd know I'd gone to the dark side and they'd start praying for me, which was only a good thing. The city of Melbourne is rich. The city of Melbourne has so much wealth. You wouldn't believe it. They don't tell you that, but I'm telling you they do. And the influence it has is incredible, the power that the city of Melbourne has, the influence into so many levels of society. And I hadn't known anything like that. I'd been in not-for-profits and I used to have to count up the money in the budget to see if we could replace the stolen pencils. (laughs) 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 You know what it's like, you know. And then I, I, I go into the city of Melbourne, there's all this wealth. And I've got a portfolio of homelessness and, and a portfolio of working with indigenous people and portfolio of safety in the city and, you know, all the people stuff. And I've got all this money. <laughs> and I used to come home to Debbie and say, guess what I was able to do today with $100,000, you know. <laughs> so much wealth and power. It was just such a joy to be able to use that in what I believe were godly ways. And some of the stuff that happened in the city in those few years uh, still are impacting the lives of, uh, of people who are marginalised and in great need. So, I could go on forever and I must not. The cultural environment, same, same verse. Because the word translated uh, prosperity can also be translated as safety and quietness. The number one thing we look for in a livable neighbourhood is safety. You know? And a lot of people in Greater Melbourne are not experiencing that, especially women, uh, who are are not experiencing safety on the streets. Uh, They're scared to go out for a walk at night time because the stuff that happens... And, uh, and even in their own homes with the, um, uh, with, with domestic violence so prevalent. And a recent survey of what people in Melbourne considered to be the greatest threat to well-being and unsafe environment was the number one concern across all generations. Uh, Melbourne has recently uh, lost its number one ranking in the world's most livable city stakes after holding it for seven consecutive years I wonder if people's perceptions of Melbourne as an unsafe city has a bit to do with that and I say perceptions because there there, there are um, good safety bounds in our cities there are safe places to be uh, but uh, the media tends to love all of the agony <laughs> The media tends to love all of the violence and so forth and will make it sound like, you know, the cities are, are flowing with blood. And so we need to be praying not only about safety issues that people will feel, will, 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 that people will be safe, 
but also perceptions of safety. We need to be praying for our media. Because media people, you know, there are Christians in the media who are oftentimes um, frustrated with not being able to get the truth out there because of editors and business models and all that sort of stuff. And so as we think of praying about the safety of the city, think of praying about those who control perceptions. And the media have a lot to do with that. Then there's the social environment. Psalm 122 verse 8 says, Because of my brothers and friends, I will say, Peace be with you. Shalom. Because of my brothers and friends. See, the city of Banyul is not just a place with buildings and infrastructure. Obviously, it's got people all over the place. And the place exists for the people. The place exists that those people might feel at home and welcomed. And we're told here that it's good to pray uh, for the people of the city, to pray for peace because of my brothers and my friends. So when it comes down to it, when you're praying for the city of Banyul, you're praying uh, for people with incredibly diverse backgrounds and needs and fears and loneliness. You're praying for your neighbours across the city of Banyul and all of its neighbourhoods. Every one of them has a story. And some of those stories have got some real ugliness there. Some of those stories are stories of need. Need that doesn't, it's not on a badge, you know, it's not being advertised around them. It's deep inside of them. And the Spirit of God, working through His people, is there to minister, to reach out to those needs. And as we pray for them, they can become more obvious to us. And so again, there's some detail in the handbook on how we could be praying for the people of our city. So how do we bring it all together? Well, we pray because prayer changes things. Prayer can change cities. You know, there's no doubt about it. The history of revival across our world, across our history, is, is, is prayer-based revival. Prayer can change our cities. It can change policies. It can, it can change priorities of governments. It, it can. It can change it. But we've got to recognise that most of all, it changes me. It changes you as the person praying. And so as you pray for your city, you'll begin to see it differently and you'll discover the challenges to live transformationally within your city for yourself. As you pray for all of the things that are listed in this booklet, recognise that as you pray, you're really praying about change that God wants to do within you as you look around your city to see it differently. God has commissioned you to go into this city as his gifts to this city. You are his gifts to Banyul of mercy and kindness and humility and love. You are his way of helping people connect with an alternative way of being and doing what we call the kingdom of God. 
and ultimately to connect with him. And so as you are moved to pray for the city of Manuel, I think we need to be considering offering up prayers of repentance for not seeing things clearly all the time, not always doing a good job of being God's gift to the city around us. And I think we should consider praying prayers of recommitment to looking for opportunities and using those opportunities to love our neighbours, to love your neighbours in the city of Banyol. Father God, we thank you so much for the privilege of being your people in the areas in which you've planted us. And, uh, and, and thank you that we can come to you and that we can pray, that we can talk to you about the things that are going on around us from the buildings and the parks and the roads all the way through to the people who are in desperate need of contact, of connection with you. What a privilege you've given to us. What a privilege you've given to this church, this Monty church in the city of Banyuel. I pray for every person who is a part of this community of faith. I pray for them as they can continue to um, reach out with love and mercy and grace uh, to the neighbours and to the shopkeepers and to the lollipop ladies and all the people that go to make up this village. Please help them to be channels of your grace, your love and kindness and goodness that this city might be changed. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.